How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Talking Walls podcast. We are back for another podcast looking at uh, the games in and around November. Hope you guys are keeping well and safe. And hopefully it's not too long now before fans are finally back at Molyneux. Luckily, obviously, the games uh, have been pretty readily available for us Wolves fans to watch on TV. But we are going to be talking about those games against Leicester, Southampton and Arsenal. And we're going to have your questions in as well. Uh, my name is Dave. And alongside me today, we've got Finn. Finners, Finn. Whatever, you, whatever. I was meant to say Finners and Finn. I just confused myself then. Finn, how, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Um, good to speak to you again. And we've also got Matt Cooper. Matt, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. You all well? All well, mate. All well, thank you. All thank well. you very much. Um, it's been, when was the last time we met, uh, we spoke? It was... After the Palace game, I believe, and we were, yeah. I think we were pretty <laughs> good mood, weren't we? We'd gone on that little unbeaten run. Um, things were looking good, um, and just before the international break, we faced off against Leicester City, where obviously Leicester in the end did get the better of us via that Jamie Vardy goal, uh, which was a very harsh penalty given. Finn, there was lots of um, lots of controversy over that Max Kilman handball. What were your thoughts on it? It's it's never going to be a blanket sort of everyone agrees, is it? It's just the inconsistency because it, if it is a penalty, that's fine. But then when you see ones, I think there was one the next week or even the next game afterwards that was so... It was, was it Liverpool-Man City that night? And that one was Probably, given. Yeah. And yeah. then there was another one that wasn't. It's just the consistency. For me, if that's a penalty, then fine. But it has to be every time. It was it was a really tough one to sort of um, accept because when you see it being inconsistent. But yeah, it's... Um, I can. It's just too close for me. For me, I don't think that in in any game should be a penalty. Obviously, Leicester's penalty record is a bit suspect. I think it was eight and eight at that point. Um, so you knew when it was against them. And obviously, Wolves Leicester always has a history for VAR. So I was always expecting one to go their way, and that was the one that game. But I think we've we've done the hat trick of different decisions, haven't we? Now with Leicester offside, disallowed goal, and penalty. So um, who knows what will happen next time? Oh, we had a. Uh... Yeah, offside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, even the offside yeah. was the disallowed goal as well, wasn't it? Oh, so, yeah, yeah another, we have yeah. had all three. So, yeah, very, very annoying. Um, Matt, they had another penalty as well, which was obviously saved by Patricio. Uh, was that Norman that gave that one away? Yeah, I mean, you can't really complain about that. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute dead cert. Um, it's just, I think, it's just an experience, really. From Aitnori, we, we we did say this though, didn't we? After the, the the podcast that you alluded to earlier, that we said he'd done well, but like, let's not get carried away because he's going to have inconsistencies. But lo and behold, it was literally the game um, straight after the game that he played really well in. I thought it was really poor against Leicester. Um, the penalty was just—I just think he'd lost his bearings and. He needs, to, he needs to cut that out of his game quickly, but no complaint to me. But going back to the the one that was given for the one that Vardy scored, was it was it Anthony Taylor the referee? Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. yeah. It? it was because because Cody shouted, didn't he? What did he call oh, him? Oh yeah, yeah I'll, F fans. Oh, fans. Fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, super had that, but when they showed him going over to the monitor, he didn't even watch it in like full speed. He watched one. I've got one angle in slow motion, mate. You can make a case for anything when it's like slowed down to certain frame rates. It's, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's shambolic, but I don't think VAR is the problem. I think it's the numpties are in, who are in charge, and the, the, the really poor standard of, of officiating in the country, and that goes down to every single level, to grassroots level. But yeah, the, the eight nori one, no complaints. Just got caught napping, out of position. Um, body position was all wrong and no complaints mm. but still Ruby saved in this so. I think we said um, in that Crystal Palace game that Nori made one tackle and it was that tackle that should have been a penalty that it yeah. probably could have been his only tackle in that Leicester game as well it's it's not looking great defensively but yeah well, when he when it clicked going forward it was it was good but yeah worried about him defensively and I know we're going to get onto the back four I think it's Marcel's spot to lose if we're going to be, be playing the flat four yeah, and I think like you go back to VAR. I think in principle, you know, what its actual job, what it's meant to be doing, is is in, like I say, in principle, good. But you, yeah, you say about the officials there. I think it's the rules as well. The rules are still too grey. There's yeah. too they're not this they're not sort of concrete rules. Like the handball one, it's still a like an opinion. 
it's still like what's natural it's subjective, what, isn't it? Yeah. yeah exactly it's what's an actual decision and what isn't same with fouls you know yes dangerous foul play but some referees are going to think one thing's dangerous and some referees are going to think another thing's dangerous so yeah I think you know there's still again I mean it's happened this weekend because all of a sudden Liverpool have actually had a game you know them drop points because of VAR rather than game points and it's as if you know mm. you know Klopp's all of a sudden you know, sort of realise VAR's a thing, it seems. So, um, I think that game, the Leicester game, Wolves really didn't get going. It wasn't a horrific performance, but the only the only chance really the, that comes to mind for me is that Neves' chance towards the end of the game. Pulled off a good save by Casper uh, by yeah. Schmeichel. But other than that, I don't know if there was any other key opportunities you guys can remember in that game. But I don't no, think it not, was... not really. I think going no. back to VAR, though, I think the, pro- the, the problem is and the reason why it won't go away and it's here to stay. A, because it's, they've spent that much money on it, is that many people in jobs with it, it's going to stay. But B, people need to start giving it the same energy when a decision's gone for them. Because you very rarely see a manager or a player or a fan when a decision's gone for them on VAR that could be inconspicuous. And they're like, it's it's dreadful, get it out of their game, we hate it. It's only ever when something goes against them, which is, which is completely natural anyway. But until we start treating the wins the same as the losses with AR, then it's just gonna it's just, it will just stain the game. But but yeah, I, I think the, the Leicester game was really poor and it's it, it I think that, that first half was probably the worst I've seen this season in terms of a half of football. And the second half wasn't much better but it was it was a little bit better. There's just no no game plan. It was literally we'd gone there to contain and I said this to a Leicester fan this season. Like, I don't think Leicester are that good. No, I, I think they're there to be got at, but they just they were they were comfortable. Yeah, I think I think I don't think we were dreadful. We just there was just no real tempo for us. No, we never really got out first gear that game throughout the whole game really. And uh, yeah, I think it screamed out for someone like Adama. He came on in, the, in for the last half hour, but yeah, he had a little bit of ball, saw a bit of the ball, but um, yeah, it didn't really create much trouble. And like you say, in the end, it was disappointing for us, especially going, you know, straight into, you know, going into the um, international break on a defeat after such a decent run for Wolves, really. Um, but it brings us on to obviously a huge game in terms of, you know, well, this could be a huge game in the history of Wolverhampton Wanderers under Nuno, really. Uh, it was a 1-1 draw at Molyneux against Southampton, but we saw the surprise introduction of four at the back, um, which I think a lot of people were surprised, some very excited, some quite concerned. Um, I'm sure it'll be getting lots of praise on today's uh, today's episode. But well, um, obviously to paint the picture before the Southampton game, you had Conor Cody who had to pull out of the England squad due to self-isolating. You've had uh, Romain Saiz who... Uh, uh, picked up COVID over the international break, so we're missing him as well. Finn, when that lineup came out, I'm pretty sure 99.9% of people thought Leander Dendonka was going to sit in that centre-back role, and the 0.1% was probably Nuno, who knew exactly what he was doing. Mm. Yeah, it, it took me a few minutes in the game to go, hang on, look, d- d- either Dendonka's being really, really lazy here, um, and hasn't come back from that first attack. But yeah, it was straight. You sort of noticed. I remember on one of the first ever Talking Wolves podcasts, it was me, you, and and Tom. And he said, in games where we need a goal, why not just push Cody instead of being deeper than that sort of rest of the four in the back five in front yeah. of him? Just push him forward. And it would, Neves was almost playing that role. It wasn't too dramatic. Like, it wasn't as if eight Nori and Semedo were sitting back. So it wasn't. The biggest sort of like wow, I can't believe this because Neves was sitting the deeper of the of the three in midfield, and it wasn't a drastic change. I think it it got more exciting in that last fifteen when we went to the sort of four two three one, and that's when it really was like, hang on, there's there's something here. So yeah, it I wasn't too drastic at the start. Yeah, yeah, it's more yeah, four, it was four Mike Bassett four two four four three two three one. It was really, and I think that's what excited everyone. Yeah. That real attack, wasn't it? And as you say, like with people thinking Dendonkers at the back, it gives us options. We've always said on oh, Nuno likes players that can play in different positions. But then when we're going to swap formations as well, you don't have to make any subs and you could go back into a different formation. So it gives us a lot of options. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think like you say, the the transition now, that the the fact that, you know, we have, I know it's only been for two games, but the fact that we've been able to add, and Nuno's been able to add now a four at the back system, 
to his sort of almost his portfolio as such. The mm. fact that I think you can look at that now and he can breathe a huge sigh of relief because I'm sure for him it was going to be a risk. You know, he's been in charge for Wolves over three years now. Um, and the fact that, you know, we've ha- he's gone to this for the first time, you know, shows he's open to trying something different. Um, um, but like, would, would it be getting this praise, Matt, if we lost that game 1-0? Because we were a little bit shaky defensively, but I think it's when we went all-out attack towards the end of the second half. That's when it excited everyone. Um, listen, Southampton, they have, they have had inconsistencies, but before the Wolves game, they would like won the last five or something or something. Yeah, they were, they were they, a they're, they're real good form. They're a, they're a good side under Hasenhutl. They're full of energy, full of runners. They've got some good technical players in there. And it was always going to be a difficult game, but you, I think you are right. If Wolves had lost it, I think it would have been very easy for Wolves fans to say, "What is he doing? Like, what, what on earth is he playing at?" But then, yeah. if we'd have gone five at the back and we got the same result, he would have had the same criticism. So I do feel for him in some regard. I do feel though that, like, and we've said it on numerous occasions on on this podcast. Don't mind being a little bit shit at the back if you're going for teams, which is, it's just natural, isn't it? If you're pushing further, men further forward, you're going to be a little bit susceptible to a counter-attack, which is what it was every single time. But I don't mind that because that's the first time in ages where the first half weren't great, but the second half where I'm like, I actually, I'm actually enjoying watching us play here. Like, we look like we're going to do something every time we go forward. And it, it was really refreshing and... I feel like previous to the two games, I've kind of started to fall out of love with Nuno a little bit. I know it might sound a little bit harsh, but just the whole philosophy and the predictability and the five at the back and you know what's going to happen, you know who's going to come on at what time. It just felt a bit stale. So I'm starting, that that love for Nuno is starting to rekindle somewhat with me. It really is. And that four at the back shows he's willing to change things. But... I think it's part of the bigger picture and he planned on doing it anyway. I think that's probably why he brought in Vitinha as, as, as a creative midfielder, someone who can play further up the pitch. Samedo's not used to playing in a back five. He's he's, he's a right back. he got Marcel who isn't a wing back but can play left back. I'm starting to think this may have been the big, the big plan anyway. But yeah. it's taken quite a long time for it to bed in and it's kind of happened through circumstance, hasn't it? Cody being out. But I still think we might need another centre-half. Still, not think we might need another one in that four, but I don't mind. I don't mind us being hairy at the back now and again if we're going for it. And it was the same with the Arsenal game. It, it was just, it was just good to watch. Yeah, I think, I think, I think you're right. This is probably, this probably was the plan. Um, and you know, I think with such an uncertain time during summer, really. And that pre-season, like we say, was almost non-existent. Um, would we still be playing five at the back if Cody was available for that Southampton game? Probably. So um, it, it is quite intriguing and very interesting. Obviously, he played against Arsenal, which we'll talk about a little bit more shortly. But um, I think we said that after after the Severe game, uh, the podcast after last season, we drew too many games. And I think with this system now, that Wolves are going to attack a little bit more. We are probably going to see Wolves concede more goals and possibly lose one or two more games. But the likelihood is that we've got a much better chance of winning more games. So uh, there's probably going to be low points throughout the season. But I think, you know what, we uh, if we can carry on with the sort of form that we've, we've seen the last couple of games, we could see Wolves get a really decent points record by the end of the season. I, I would have said if, if Raul wouldn't have had that horrible injury. And, uh, I mean... Wherever Silver can step up to the plate, we'll talk about it. Remains to be seen. But I, I would have said if Raul was still fit, that we will get more points this season than we did last season. We'll lose more games, but we we'll, we look like we can put teams to bed in that four at the back because you've got that extra body. And I feel like players like Neto and Pedence do play in those half spaces a lot better than say Jota would. I know he's gone. He's gone now. But I feel like when we're in possession. We look more comfortable with those kind of players. And especially Moutinho playing further forward, pressing from the front. Two weeks ago, I said he was finished. Now, looking at the last two games, there's still life left in that old dog. I tell you what, he's probably been one of our better, one of our better players. Pressing from the front, which, he do, which is how he plays for Portugal. 
He, he looked, he looked really, really good, and, and he looked great in the Arsenal game too, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I exactly the same with Jamatina. I admitted it on the uh, one of the reviews. I said, um, you know, it's it really what well, I did think. I think I thought, you know, this could be his last season at Wolves. Maybe he'd, you know, uh, hang up his boots after the end of the season. But you know what? The fact that he, he's come in. Um, and he was pivotal for that equalising goal against Southampton. He won that ball back. He had a couple of he, he won a couple of big fifty fifties towards the end of that game and started that move and gave the ball to Raúl. And like you say against Arsenal, though even then the way he was he was running, he, he seemed to have energy from the first whistle to the last. Um, if you, really, if you really the ball impressive. Further up the pitch, you got more chance of scoring, and that's that's what he was doing. He, pre he presses really, really well, but. The only real casualty I think for the system change is Neves. Yeah. Because like, I'm not really sure where he where he fits in, whether he plays in a little bit further forward. But ever since you come into the Prem, he's always been the one that sits, hasn't he? I mean, but look in the Championship when he was in the side, he's next to each other, playing probably a little bit further forward than they do. Um, had have played in the Prem with the two, like. He was he was absolutely unbelievable, and he dominated and and ran ran the show on his own. So I'd love for Nuno to get take the handbrake off with him a little bit and let him play a little bit further forward. Not necessarily press from the front like Matinho does, because I don't think he's got it in him, but get him on the ball higher up the pitch, you know, thread those through balls, because you can't hurt someone when you're on end of your own D. Not with his passive range. Yeah, it's almost maybe someone like, uh, you know, we've spoke about it so many times, like a more energetic midfielder, because I think in that three, midfield three, I think if you well, to be fair, we played midfield two against uh, Arsenal, like a holding midfield yeah. two. But I think if you do lose somebody like Dendonka, i.e., to suspension or injury, the only sort of almost like for like we've got at the moment is Sace, who possibly mm. isn't that sort of caliber of midfielder anymore. And I know you know we we may talk about this a little bit more towards the end, but I'm I'm fearing now that Sace, whose contract is up at the end of the season, we may see the end of his Wolves career come January or come summer, um, just because I think there's players ahead of him in the pecking order in every position now. Really, unfortunately, so um, it, yeah, that'll be an intriguing one. But I think in January or in the summer. I think that is probably in the area area in the team, a more physical midfielder. But it wouldn't surprise me, especially coming up to the busy schedule that we've got, seeing a little bit more of Owen Otasawi. I think future. you know he's that yeah he's that sort of uh, that sort of build and calibre, and a big physical, but very quick as well, and quick, very energetic yeah. player. So That's I think even I'm in that saying. sort of Neves role, if you play midfield three, even that in that sort of slightly deeper role, I think he'd be a good yeah. option. Then Donker does bring. I know he runs off. He's got a toffee suck up his ass, but he does. <laughs> he, he does bring. He does bring a lot of energy to that midfield, and like I think he goes unnoticed. Um, he, he's the one who put. He does the leg work. He's usually the one who does the most kilometers as well. So the like you said, the only real lot like, like for like would be Otter would be Otter Sowy really, um, mm. but. He, you're asking a lot of him to be chucked in at the deep end at his age. I mean, physically he'll be do it, but technically I'm not sure. But it's probably why we need to sign Renato Sanchez. That's um, yeah, I was just thinking that's that. going to be the rumor, isn't it? It's going to be him. But mm. Leal would want fifty odd million, wouldn't they? Really? Mm, yeah, I, I think, think that's we'll, we'll spend that. That's the obvious one, uh, but it'll be interesting, obviously, with the with the old Brexit rules, which a couple of you uh, may have seen on on social media. That, uh, see what Wolves do with their business this uh, January and this summer. Not, when is Brexit officially a thing? Is that, have they given a date yet for that? I can't, I'm not sure. Is it the end of the year? Um, I don't but, know. It's time to pay much attention to it. Yeah, but that, obviously the transfer rules are going to be changing for the Premier League with that and obviously foreign player rules coming in in terms of play, signing players. So uh, that'll be one to keep our, our, our eye out on. Um, but Wolves have got so many fingers in different pies with the Grasshoppers route and the Porto and Benfica stuff. You know, if Wolves want a player, they'll just give them to one of those three teams and we can just cherry-pick when we want to sign them, really, I think. So that, I don't think that'll be a huge issue. There'll be a, many loopholes that I'm sure clubs will uh, look to exploit. But I think we... it's January, January 2021, I think it is. Mm. So hopefully it's the end of, end of the window and we saw not 15 players. <laughs> It'll probably come into fruition from next season, I'd assume, because of what, what obviously most clubs have already signed over three foreign players, haven't they? But they um, bend the rules anyway for, for clubs, especially when they pay so much tax in, like, rev in 
at what they generate in revenue and like players wages. I'm sure yeah. that rules are probably being bent somewhere. Like look at look at some of the players that the big clubs get and somehow managed to get work permits. It's it's uh, it's probably all backhanders anyway. Yeah, work permits all to do with money anyway. The amount of money a player earns and stuff like that. So yeah. that's the. Isn't be, it yeah. done on like international caps as well? Or you have to play like eighty percent of the yeah, last like. Basically, you get you basically you get a certain amount of points, and yeah. uh, if the player ha you get a certain amount of points for a certain amount of things. So international caps is one. The, the country's ranking in the world is one. Uh, the amount of money a player is getting in one. So I think a player has to pay play a certain amount of percentage of games for his national country. So that that will be a lot tighter once Brexit comes in. So yeah. stuff like that, really. Um, but we we'll move on now, boys, to the most recent game—a massive two-one win against Arsenal. I think it was pretty obvious this run now between now and sort of Christmas or the New Year. We have got some really tricky games. Wolves will be playing. Obviously, we played Arsenal, Liverpool, Villa, Chelsea, Burnley, Spurs, United—all tough teams to play. Um, but that first game against Arsenal, out of sorts, Arsenal. But Wolves took full full advantage of that obviously unfortunately with the with the unfortunate events that happened right at the start of the game um Finn it, it's not going to be easy to talk about not nice to talk about unfortunately obviously Raul Jimenez arguably the one player really Wolves wouldn't have wanted to lose uh picked up a horrific injury what, what are your thoughts on that it it's horrible it's hard to even Bring into words now. Like I thought it was Cody that was down. I, I know it's him, and as it's always on the front post. But um, you know, it's so weird. You don't hope that it's a certain player, but in my head, I was going anyone but Raul, anyone but Raul. That's good. And then it was <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've just been on Black Friday, spending like he's going to be fit. But no, um, no, no. Yeah, it was. It's just sickening. And like for me, who who films the games and have other people films the game, there was a, a few. Um, I don't know whether you've watched a few, but there's a family with the two young kids. They couldn't watch the game after that. After four minutes, my sister went. It just kind of upsetting, but kind of like this doesn't matter. Like after that, it was like I, it was incredible performance, but still there was that bit in my head thinking this is irrelevant. And it was that's how big of a a season-changing moment it is. But not just because Wolves are losing a world-class striker. He may never come back the same as a as a person. You you, you very rarely see it on a pitch. Obviously, there's the Ryan Mason. Incident, um, Don Goodman's, which was um, way less serious, but still the same sort of thing. And it's you don't see it very often. And it was it's the first time I've ever really firsthand realised the the severity of something like that because obviously I wasn't born when it happened to Don and um, and the Ryan Mason one. I hadn't paid much attention to, to be honest. But then I've been researching it since, and you've got to be really, really careful. And it looks like Wolves have done a good job in those vital first ten sort of minutes. Yeah, I, I, I tweeted as soon like when it happened because I was it it felt like it's it felt like really sombre and like even two days after I'm at work I, I feel like I feel like something's happened in life but I can't put my finger like what, what's Bang made on, yeah. like yeah. what's made me feel like that and I'm like it's Raul's injury and I know that sounds absolutely mental and I thought is it Raul's injury and then as soon as I like as soon as I felt it like my heart sank like every time I thought about it and it, it was just horrible and I did tweet like Anything that happens in this game now just feels it just feels insignificant. Like it just doesn't matter. Some things are more important than football. But when you you can always tell from a player's reaction how bad an injury is. You look at like the Aaron Ramsey one where he bossed his leg and yeah. like the players are like you got players who are like praying and stuff. It was it it was just absolutely horrendous and I I'd kind of it gone to like the back of my mind in the second half, but even at like full time, it was just like that's a great win, but some you know something more serious has come from this game. But like you said, Finn, it's it's good that he's up and recovering, and Matt Perry's released a statement today. And selfishly, you think I hope he's not out for too long. But mm. what you're really hoping is that he's he, he's just okay. And as soon as it happened, the first thing I thought of was he's just had a kid. Like yeah. There's, there's a very good chance that that kid's father might not come home tonight. And it was absolutely heartbreaking to watch. But thankfully, he seems to be okay. And listen, if he plays for Wolves again, fantastic. But if he doesn't, then it, it's, just one of those, it's just one of those things where family health has to come first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, difficult situation. And I think the fact, you know, 
I think we sort of realised after sort of 60 seconds, two minutes that, you know, we hadn't really moved. This was probably a little bit more serious than, than we thought. And yeah, uh, obviously our thoughts with uh, Raul, hopefully he can, you know, it sounds promising. It sounds like, you know, obviously he'll be back in Wolverhampton sort of early parts of uh, uh, next week, uh, back home with his family. So fingers crossed we can see him. Uh, in a wool shirt sooner rather than later, but obviously, like Matt says, health, happiness, family, yeah. all come what first. I, what so. I, what, I, what I, I really have taken a disliking to is Wolves fans digging out David Luiz for it, saying it's intentional and stuff. Do you know how pathetic you sound? Like, mm. I think he's probably got enough on his plate worrying about that. Like, it, he is a clown and he's reckless, but you can't pin that on him. He's gone for the ball. And people have like slowed it down where he's like he's got his hand in his mouth like it goes back to the VAR you, you can make a case for anything when you slow it down like he's no obviously David Luiz has caused it but it's not his fault he's not gone in there and thought I'm going to clatter him here and fracture his skull they've both gone for the ball this is this is what we expect from footballers we expect them to give their absolute all and I I lambasted Doc at the Burnley game and I was like you get your head on it you get a boot in the head. And you worry about it mm. later. Now that looks that looks stupid now for me. It really it really does. But this one this is what we expect from football. Is you expect them to put their head in where it hurts. So you can't you cannot blame David Luiz for that. I'm sorry. It's, it's just not on. It's just not on at all. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean it sounds like with some of the the new stuff that's coming out about Luiz, like it's really knocked him about. Um, obviously mm. he's shouldn't um, have played. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. That that was a that was a thing in itself. But yeah, it sounds like obviously he's he's missing for Arsenal this uh, this week. Um, so yeah, obviously our what, thoughts what, with with him as well. What do you feel? A lot in the media at the minute is the concussion substitutes, where you get a free sub for concussion. How do you both feel about that? Do you think it's something that they should be brought brought in? Do you think you know it'd kind of get? Um, Abused. I think it. I think it'll get abused. I think it'll get abused because how how can you diagnose concussion straight away? It's it's Mm. it's near. It's like it's quite tough to do. I think if it's an obvious, clear head injury, like for argument's sake, in both of their cases, David Luiz had cuts on his head, and I know when Raúl got taken off, his head was you know was covered as well in blood. If it's stuff like that, and it's obvious, then fair enough. And I think a player should have maximum of like five minutes where they can come on. And if a doctor, I think it's the doctor's discretion, the club doctor's discretion, mm. really. If they are happy enough with the player to go on, then obviously they can, you know, do whatever they want to do with that con- that concussion sub. Um, almost like a, I assume they. I've not really read into it massively to be honest, but I'd assume it's like a roll on, roll off thing. Yeah, they can, can play be, for yeah. a certain amount of time, and if the player's okay, they come back off. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. I think with five minutes max should be the thing. And if the club doctor is happy for them to to go back on, then then yes. But th- that is my main concern that pe- that clubs will exploit it, and it's not fair. And I think if clubs yeah. are found to do that, there should be uh, serious warnings, fines, and possibly you know if it happens like if a club's doing it like four or five times a season, it's obvious they're doing it to yeah. to waste time. Then. You gotta look at yeah. stuff like point deductions and stuff, but that might sound extreme. But when you take, when you exploiting stuff like that, like a, a rule that's meant to be in place for serious safety. health and safety, yeah. yeah, that's the sort of oh, stuff you gotta look into. With concussion, though, it sometimes it doesn't come on for like a day afterwards. Exactly. So, yeah. so it's so hard to tell. That is. Yeah, and I, I, I had concussion about about two months ago. I got an elbow in the head playing football, and my eye was black, and I felt fine. I, I was I was knocked out, but I felt fine like the day after. And then I went to work on the two days later, and people were talking to me, and it was like they were talking French, like I couldn't understand the language I was speaking. And wow. I was absolutely fine the day before. So that's the thing, like trying to diagnose it, unless you're vomiting or you 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 look like you've been out on the piss. It is hard to diagnose, but I feel clubs are going to abuse it. But I don't know, like you kind of got to put the players players health first and if that means it gets abused and so be it but it, there is like you said there is a fine line and you, you, you know someone like Tottenham and, and Jose would be doing it every single game but yeah. how do you yeah. find that balance between putting the players welfare first but then also considering sporting integrity is a really tough one 
Yeah. Well, there's the other option, isn't there, of sort of doing it instead of have three subs and then a concussion sub like a permanent one, but that'd get exploited even more, you imagine. So if you've made three, and you need you're just going to get players breaking injuries. Just, yeah. yeah. And I thought it was highlighted, especially. I got really thinking about it now, overly angry, but. When Ceballos went yeah, down holding, holding his face, face oh, after that, that little flip, that mate, well, honestly, I couldn't, it set, like, I've never got so angry, like, we could concede six goals and I wouldn't have got as angry as he did when he did that, the insensitivity to do that when you've seen what you've just seen on that pitch, to fake a head, oh, I could, <laughs> so, that, so it is those sort of teams and those sort of players that would go, alright, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing stars, bring me off, give me the, the fourth sub that we need, so it's, yeah, you'd hope that integrity would would prevail you, but you know you saw you it in, know. in rugby did, oh, rugby years ago where you can come off if you've got like a blood injury and that do you remember when the rugby player had a blood like caption yeah he faked it didn't he, yeah. he he faked it like I, I mean going to those lengths he, he was he had a lengthy band and stuff but with the, the, the Sabayos finger by the way is absolute toilet um, uh, it, like you said Finn it really really rolled me up because you've literally just seen a bloke get taken to hospital still unconscious just 40 minutes from like two meters away from where you are and i think neto pointed that out to him at half time i think he gave him a and he was saying elbow wasn't he? it's like it was oh god honestly oh but then people on twitter were saying like how have arsenal not got a penalty for that i was like are you joking <laughs> like how like the game the, the without sounding like a yadar the game was well and truly gone <laughs> <laughs> it really has but but what a performance am i yeah, what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. in terms of the actual match itself, yeah. wow, Re- really, really good. Um, and the fact that, you know, it shows some balls from Nuno, didn't it? I think to go with that sort of 4-2-3-1 from the off, I think we've, we all, we're all looking at that and thinking, I think, again, uh, I'm sure you two are probably the same, expecting us to go back to the back five for this game, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, ahead of... Yeah, ahead of the Sunday, and then obviously I think it was the Mail put a, an article saying Wolves were, uh, you know, Nuno was highly uh, seriously considering a back four, um, and, and he went for it in a really attacking formation, and he obviously knew that Arsenal had their sort of defensive exploits, and um, Wolves could w- could look into that, and yeah, but I think I think it, it worked a treat, and obviously, unfortunately, with Raúl having to come off, Fabio Silva having a, his a, his first big cameo in Premier League football as well. Uh, what did you make of his performance, Serfin? He he did a job for an 18-year-old not expecting to... I, I mean, he was playing in the, the pizza cup or whatever and he was saying, I'm happy to be learning and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. He wouldn't be expecting. In his head, going through his head, even when he's coming on, he's thinking, God, this could be months of me now starting in the Premier League with everyone's hopes of getting Europe on my shoulders. And with that all taken in, I mean, if it was a... I don't know, a 28-year-old striker that we'd bought on that was back up. You maybe say, oh, he didn't really do much. But you've got to take it into to context. He did okay. He had a few chances. I don't quite trust him as much in front of goal as I would with Jimenez, but that, that's only natural at the moment. And a, a good run of games, I think I'm not sort of dreading him starting up front, which is a promising thing because at 18, I mean, two years younger than me. It's just, it's crazy. It is crazy that we're going to pin all our hopes on him now or I can't really think of a workaround for at least a month. Um, until we get Ronaldo in on loan, so he did okay. <laughs> um, I mean, Matt, I, I know I've seen some of your thoughts on on Twitter, and we've spoke about it yeah. before. But you know, I felt he had, like like Finn said, for a young lad coming in, probably not, definitely not expecting to come on that soon. Probably, you know, not expecting to get his chance this early. But what an opportunity this is for him! It was, and I feel like although he didn't get his goal, he took it with two hands and. Mm. It's such difficult circumstance to come in and replace Raul anyway, especially under the circumstances that it was, where I think I think the whole team, even Cody, looked just completely deflated, completely deflated by what had happened. But I thought Fabio did really well. I thought his 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 positional play was really good. I thought that he dragged defenders out. He, he created a lot of space in behind for Neto and Pedence and Adama to run into, which I think went unnoticed. His link-up play was good. Um, okay, he wasn't ruthless in front of goal, but that chance he gave for Adama, that that pass was perfect, absolutely yeah. perfect. And I don't think Adama gets that ball if Raul's playing there. I think Raul has a shot, but yeah. he was very, he was. Very unselfish. He, he did. He did really well. But what? What more? What more do you want from him? He's eighteen. He's cost a lot of money. But 
he's not got he's not got many first team minutes anyway, and to come on against Arsenal, they were a European side at the minute. You know, I, I thought he did really well. If he'd got, if he'd got a goal, which he come close to, it would have been the perfect performance. But then, then I listened to the Molyneux View podcast, and I do like that podcast. I like Jackie Oatley, and I like Tim Spears. But for two hosts that were saying three weeks ago, don't expect much from him from the first two years. Maybe ask questions about him in the in the third season. They were saying like his old up play was rubbish, his link up play, he didn't win a header. I'm like, hold on a second, like you were saying two weeks ago, don't pile pressure on the lad. What game did they watch? Mate, I thought I thought his link up play was excellent. Alright, he didn't win a header, but Gabriel and Rob Holden and David Louise and They came very close to scoring a header as well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and okay, maybe he could have started his runs a bit earlier or, or whatnot, but the kid is eighteen. I know what I was doing at eighteen and it wasn't playing professional football for Wolverhampton Wonders. it was drinking bloody blue VKs trying to get into Gatecrasher like <laughs> and we've said we've said this like he's come to a, a new country learning a new language at the age of 18 he's had to settle in quick I know it's easier with a Portuguese contingent but you know, fair play to him mate fair play to him because he, he did he did really well yeah and I think if, you know, I'm, this I don't even think this is critical. I think he he had a very safe debut, and what I mean by that is that he did everything to make sure that he wouldn't make a major mistakes. A player that I remember doing this, and this is a major throwback, was uh, was Leon Clark um, when he came back to Wolves. I remember one of his first games. I watched it right, and he didn't make a mistake because everything he was doing, basically, as soon as he's getting the ball, he's playing the safe pass off. Because I think he knew as soon as he made a mistake, the crowd are going to get on his back. Obviously, Fabio's situation is a little bit different. Again, if you've been super critical, I'd say I don't want to say you are too slow, but you know, just just read the situations that little little second or two yeah. quicker, um, because he was getting in the right positions, just a little bit late sometimes. To yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there were two or three times where, in a different situation, he's he's getting one or two goals on Sunday and. The fact that Nuno, I know he's on a booking, but the fact that Nuno withdrew him with 10 minutes or so to go, I think tells me that Nuno knows that he's going to be starting again on Saturday, uh, Sunday rather, against Liverpool. So I think mm. I, I think we're going to see a lot of Fabio Silva and uh, mm. this is probably the opportunity that he didn't expect to get so soon. And I'm really hoping that he can take it with both hands. Um, and it was a, I, just, I, I think it was in the second half, like... Gabriel got, you could see him coming a mile away, he was all running like, right up him. See the little scoop turner, Ronaldo just scooped him and turned him. Yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. Like, he, he knew exactly what was happening and that's the kind of, it, the, the way I'd describe that Confidence. performance is, is mature. Like it was yeah. a mature performance. You look at him and think he's probably like a 25, 26 year old striker. But it was, like you said, he did the simple things right, which is a good foundation to have. But it, it was mature. Nothing was too rash, too silly. I would have liked him maybe to add a few more attempts at goal. But apart from that, he can't really complain. Did his job. Were you going to say something, Finn? Um, I was. I cannot. Oh, oh, yeah, about Liverpool. That was the one. Um, and also, actually, on the Arsenal game, I'd say it's not as if he's got... If he is going to play it safe for the next few games or work his way into it, it's not as if he's got three players that are going to play it safe behind him, has he? I mean, if, you, if he can just be there... And one of them three works a bit of magic. Like at the Liverpool game, if he fumbles one in from two yards, it's like, oh my god, Fabio Silva's on the score sheet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'll just take a little lucky goal, and it'll be, oh, he's worth the money. Here we go. What an investment! Especially as we wouldn't have been able to get him in after after Brexit. So we've done it perfect timing. And would he? But yeah, he'd be. He might have been nineteen by then, but who knows? But um, no, yeah, it, it, it's no. not. He, he did nothing wrong, and uh, and that's all you could have asked for him. And he kept it safe, and we we won the game. And he had a few chances, as you say, the front post one. It's, the yard quicker, but the intelligence is there, isn't it? To right, I need to be there. Um, he doesn't look the quickest, but he seems to be an all-round striker. He's got a bit of everything. If we can develop all of that, we've got a great striker on our hands. And as we've said in plenty of podcasts before, he was going to learn from Rowley's season. Okay, that hasn't gone to plan. As I said, oh, it's the perfect plan. But you can't account for what's happened. It was it's like zero point zero whatever chance. So we've got to deal with it. But I, I back him, and I'm quite confident for the next month at least to, to have him leading the line. You'll learn from players around him, though. Like you've got some real good mm. senior pros in that squad. Who will, I'd imagine, especially Joao, will take him under his wing and mm-hmm. and really kind of develop him. But he's 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 in the capable hands with Nuno. I think Nuno obviously sees something in him. Otherwise, I wouldn't have paid the money. But yeah. if he can get 
four, five, six goals this season with the run of games that he gets. And I'll be, I'll be more, I'll be more than happy with that because, like I said, he's going to be one for the future. But and he does maybe lack a yard of pace. But he just looks an intelligent player. And like Raul isn't like me quick, but his his intelligence, he's and his his positioning, yeah. gets in those goals and gets in that half a yard where he can get a shot away. I, I do see similarities in Raul. That's probably what they've gone for him. But um, yeah. yeah, I thought I thought it was a good performance, and I think people who were criticising him before the game as well, like. You've seen twenty minutes of him. Like, give 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 the lad a chance. Just give give him a chance because you. It's it's very easy at that age for your confidence to get dented. I'd imagine, especially as a footballer. So just get look, get beyond him and give him a chance. That's all. That's all I say. And hopefully on Sunday he takes his chance against Liverpool. Yeah, I think I think he's he's I don't think he's as slow as. As people make out, I think he has got that yard of pace. To be fair, I think he's pro- he's probably like similar to Jimenez, like you said. Like he's not like a Dharma quick, but he's not sluggish. Mm. You know what I mean? He's he's clever with the ball as well. But you know, the more he plays senior football, like what he's not played a Premier League game over what twenty minutes. Uh, we saw him against Stoke, which was a rotated team. He played a little bit in the, in the Papa John's Trophy, but you know he's gonna have a, a run of games now, three, four, five games, I'd assume at least, where he's gonna be playing probably sixty minutes plus and learning around him the players like your nettos your pedences your damas learning how they play as well and getting himself in the right positions to sort of complement their play style so Fuck yeah, he won't be learning out of a dharma yeah <laughs> but i think neto especially man neto is just yeah. I, I mean we'll talk about his goal in a set but He's just come on leaps and bounds. It just looks like a player now that's just full of confidence, full of ability. And I think that showed Adama did get involved in that first goal against Arsenal. Ball in, then Donker unlucky, but, but hits the bar. But the, uh, Pedro Neto just reacts so quick to smash that into the back of the net via a deflection or two. But Finn, his work rate from the first whistle to the last was ridiculous. Mate, honestly, I'm really regretting. I think we're going to have to take it down. That first Talking Wolves podcast after he signed, um, and I think he mentioned in his latest contract signing um, video interview, uh, I said he just looked weak and he shouldn't be near the squad and all that. And he's he's been unbelievable since then. I wouldn't have believed you if I'd have. It was it was against the was it the Irish team or the one after that? I thought he he looked weak. He wasn't quite like going for the ball. But that performance, especially in that last sort of sorry to fast forward, but that last ten minutes when it was him and Adama up front, the work rate difference was unbelievable. I was getting if we'd have drawn two all. I would have been. People would have been going at the throat of Adama for just walking everywhere when you've got Neto up front yeah. with him, just chasing every lost cause. And it's just how he was still going after 90 minutes was unbelievable at that at that rate. But you've got a guy there that's got two very very good feet. Uh, just the determination, as he said, he wants to be the best player in the world. It's perfection. Honestly, he's going to go on to be an absolute star. He's. He's, decept- he's similar to Jota in terms of like deceptively quick, but he, he, yeah. he's mm-hmm. quicker than Jota. But like, I think like Bellerin, were, Bellerin played, didn't he? It was Bellerin? Yeah, it was Bellerin. Yeah, it was like, he like he squared Bellerin up and he went past him like he wasn't there, and Bellerin's <laughs> rapid. But I yeah. couldn't believe it because like he got into a foot race with him as well. And I was like, what's Neto doing here? And then like mm. he just took it past him. I was like, oh my god, like he's actually rapid. <laughs> Oh, he's he's so exciting to watch, but he he looks like you, you you trust him in a position where he's got a chance though. Like you you yeah, know there's a good twenty chance he's years score. old. Like he's adding the goals to his games and he's um he's doubled in size as well. Like you said, Finney doesn't look strong enough, but I think mm-hmm. I like I looked at a photo of Raul from his first game against Everton and like the size that he's put on as well. Like mm. Neto is is a he's so strong on the ball and. Uh, he, he, he's just really he really excites me and I've, I've always been saying like I think he'll be a really good player but I don't think he'll be like elite level but if he keeps playing like he is then the ceiling it, 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 well he doesn't have one but going back to Adama he just doesn't look fit does he like he's never normally playing 90 minutes and when he does play 90 minutes the last 20 minutes he's pretty He's like playing with ten men. I don't. I don't get it. I, maybe it's because he's like so explosive that he burns out easily. But you can't moan about not being the super sub. Then when you do get your full nine, so you walk around for the last ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I think with, with Neto, he, he has to add that ruthlessness to his game, though, because there have been opportunities that he's missed sort of open goals or easy chances, yeah. you know what I mean? So the fact that, you know, he's he's adding this to his game now is good. Um, he, ne he needs to add goals. And we, we need to add goals because, you know, with the with the sale of Jota, the only source of goals really has been Jimenez. Um, so we've needed to find goals from f goals from elsewhere. And mm. I think we've got a threat in Dendonka. We've got a threat in Pedence. We've got a threat in Neto. Adama, although, like you say, he had his, you know, his flaws in that game against Arsenal, but... You know, he was he was he was part of both goals. Uh, you know, taking on a couple of Arsenal players for the second one to create the move and obviously getting the initial crossing for the first goal. Um, but it is that just off the ball energy and work rate, isn't it? That mm. if only he could up that, he would be almost the perfect player. But it's just one of those, uh, just one of those things. Unfortunately, I mean, Pedence, we'll, Pedence played good as well, didn't they? Yeah, I was gonna bring yeah talk about his goal because that was just a brilliant piece of individual skill, really. Just a unbelievable. Flick over the de defender and not sort of back shoot across his body again to to beat goal to beat the goalkeeper. Really good goal. But like I say, that they're the moments of brilliance we need. I felt in that game against Arsenal, uh, especially with what had happened at the start, there was going to be some mistakes or bits of brilliance. And sort of fortunately for us, you know, we we managed we managed to take advantage of that to get that obviously the goal that was the winner in the end. But um, yeah, he's really inconsistent, isn't he, Pedence? Yeah, Cam yeah, he is, yeah. I've but. If he irons that out, I think he's going to be a real asset. And I know <laughs> another thing that I said I've been wrong about at the start. I think it was the end of last season. I think someone asked the question, do you think Pedence will be like a star player next season? I was like, no, I just don't think he's that good. Um, but if he irons out those inconsistencies, I think he could be a really good player for us. But to be to have the, the cuteness to dig that over an oncoming defender in that area, I think if that's anyone else, you just smash the shit out of that, don't you? Just to hope for the best. Mm -hmm. But so I mm. well I put I probably wouldn't probably so would Dave but <laughs> I'd rub over that in my arms yeah he'd <laughs> still be on his ass somewhere trying <laughs> but, uh... throwing if it was fit yeah. <laughs> but if you're over um, five foot nine you can't even attempt that how he's got the balance to oh yeah mate, just... yeah he's the like, agility in that as well but he yeah. picks up really good positions in like half spaces in between like the midfield and attack and that's I think that's really what we've been missing. Someone who can link because we've all said like how like disjointed the midfield and the tax been. Now we've got that link in the new system. It really does excite me. Like I feel, I feel excited again about watching Wolves play. And we could lose to Liverpool on Sunday quite easily, even though they've got injuries. But I'm excited to see like what we can do. And that's that's probably been apart from the Europa League campaign. I've not probably not felt excited watching Wolves play in months. Probably this year. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and you know what? Credit credit to Nuno because it's a it's a it's a ballsy decision to go back to to, to go to a back four, but it was a ballsy performance to match. And if you can keep those performances up, then this dreaded run that we've all been worried about in typical Wolf style, we could get some big big points. Yeah, um, it, 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 I, I agree. Tough run coming up, but you know, Liverpool at the moment is all over the place. But the Premier League in general at the moment, you just don't know who's going to beat who. Villa started off well, but had strange games. They've lost the last four, haven't they? Now they beat Arsenal in it. It's really weird. They've lost to loads of rubbish teams and then beat Arsenal 3 0 in the middle. It's just that this year is crazy. This season. Yeah. But yeah, we'll probably we'll probably come back after the next three, I assume, and you know because it's a, such a busy December, we wouldn't you know we'd be here all night talking about the December games. So we'll probably come back again after the Liverpool Villa Chelsea games and see whereabouts we are. But boys, I am going to move on to the questions because we've had loads come in uh, again off the Instagram crew. Um, Has anyone asked about VAR? <laughs> Can we quickly do that? If not, just that yeah. Adama one. Oh, the I, oh honestly, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Mate. That, as we were saying earlier, like the, comparing that to the Mares one, oh, I it's exactly the same. Can't figure it out. I can't even it see how he gave a booking for a dive though. In in uh, anyway. Salt in the wounds, in it. It's just that's the thing though. But we're going back to my previous point. It's not VAR that's the problem. It's the wankers who are in charge. Yeah. Because mm. I put I put it in our group chat. It's a carbon copy of the Mares one. He stands on his foot and he goes over. It's literally the same. Um, mm. it's if not worse because he dives in, Gabriel. Like he leaves a leaves a lazy leg out. That to to me, like his armor, that's like an invite to go down, and he does clip him. But VAR should be looking at that and, and changing changing the decision. But 
That's what you say. It's not VAR. VAR isn't the problem. It's it's the Muppets who are in mm. charge. Did you both both think it was a penalty? Because I did. I mean, it's not a penalty, but by the letter of the law and the, some of the penalties that have been given away this season, it's a definite penalty. Yeah, um, you have it, Dave, and then I'll... Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was a penalty, but at the same time, it was, I don't understand how Michael Oliver gave a booking for a, a because it wasn't like he he was looking for it. It's not like no. it was like you know it. If you're running at that pace and someone comes across you, Stumps you're gonna lose your foot, balance. Yeah. Eh? It, he's not dived, so yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, I just can't understand how he how he came to the decision that it was a booking. Um, but it also sorry, yeah. Adama. I thought it was a dive before watching the replay because and he didn't. He was like, "Okay, okay, I've dived." It's like, "No, you haven't, mate. Get in their face. Do a Grealish. Start screaming." If he you went mad, like, they would have. You know what? Exactly. You, you're right, though. If he went mad, they would have looked at it longer. Yeah. What the most it's you can do? You could say, "I'm going to stand in front of this goal kick and say check it before they take it." All he can do is book you. Then he'd have to reverse the booking that he's just given you for the oh, penalty. If he gets sent off for that, though. Oh, yeah, that, God, that's, his, that's his only <laughs> that's the only issue, I think. That was probably well, if Fabio issue. had a bit of intelligence, I'd go and stand in front of the free kick if I was him. No, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I think Wolves, like, I was thinking about what you were saying, Matt, as well, about how teams, play, uh, fans, uh, players need to sort of hate VAR even when it goes for them. And mm. I think Wolves are one of the only teams that could sort of, I can't, one, I can't remember a time it going for us, but the only time I can, I think, was Southampton away last year, and I was in that away end. And we all still chanted FVAR, and we had three VAR decisions in one game. And that's the sort of consistency you need. It was slightly sarcastic, of course, but you've got to stick with it like that. And I think Wolves are one of the teams that have fell a victim to it the most, so can't really stand against it, even when it goes for us. But it's just, it's bordering on like that severe one still fresh in my mind, like the retake and then seeing Man United oh, get it last man. week. I get flashbacks to, to all these decisions, and it, yeah, it's just. I know it's there's not a conspiracy. Football's but nature is fickle, is. though, isn't it? Like mm. fans, players, managers, it, we are we are we are all very fickle. We try not to be, but mm. you need you need managers coming out saying like the decision's gone for us today, but it's still a disgrace and it needs to be binned. But when a decision like goes Bruce. when a decision goes for them on VAR, now it's very like diplomatic and like. Well, you know, we've mm. seen them given, and you know anything can happen. It's like no, like put your cock Brendan Rodgers with his yeah, stupid yeah. smile. Yeah, oh, I really like Rodgers as a manager, <laughs> but as a as like a person, he really irritates me. But mm. that's what you need. You need when it goes for you, have the same energy as when it does when it goes against you. But we're fickle, and we won't. We'll we won't even we won't even cross our minds that there's been a dodgy VAR decision if it goes for you. Mm. Well. Yeah, we'll move on to the the questions now. <laughs> Sorry, there's, there's been there's been a lot um, about obviously Raúl and Fabio Silva. We've spoke a lot about obviously Fabio Silva. Can, do we think we can step up, boys? I just I'm gonna say yes. Can we? Yeah. Well, we can, can we step, step up? up. Oh, probably not. Can no, Fabio? Up there. Can Fabio <laughs> step up to um, uh, replace Raúl? Um, going off the Arsenal game, yeah. But I think it's really early doors. Give him like four or five games. It won't replace him, but can he do a job in part in place of Raul? I think that's probably the best. The goals. Action. I think as long as he can add the yeah. yeah, can he add if he can add those goals? I think he's a good finisher. You've got to get that yard of space. I'm sure he'll put mm. the, the the chances away. So it'll be a, that will will be an interesting one. But that, yeah, there was loads of that. It was from Matt Lawson. Uh, but if anyone else obviously asks questions similar or. Shout them out. Um, Josh Ellis has said, how much do we think Neto is worth? Ronaldo. <laughs> Swap deal. Uh, the more he plays, the more, like, game by game, he's going up, isn't he? At the start of the season, it would be probably double now what you would have said at the start yeah, of the season. Yeah, yeah. So, at the moment, what would you say? But I, I think by the end of the season, you could be talking, well, whatever you want. Literally, whatever. it's what he's worth to the team, isn't he? And he's one of our main outlets. So, you could say, what would it be? Nine figures for a hundred? You never know. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably say fact. In the region, in the region of fifty at the minute. Yeah, I was going to um, say sixty million. Yeah. But if he carries on, the, like you said, to the end of the season, and adds goals, you're probably looking at the tail end of a hundred, aren't you, really? Mm, if Gilfy Sigurdsson or whatever went for fifty, at yeah. twenty-eight, and you've got a twenty-year-old there doing what he's doing. Yeah. Do you remember when Kevin Phillips tried to pronounce Gilfy Sigurdsson? <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you not seen it? Oh, I beg anyone who watch it, just put in YouTube Gilfie Sigurdsson, Kevin Phillips, and just have a laugh. <laughs> you won't regret it. I think he calls him Selefka Jefferson. He tries to get it out like three times. 
can't do it. It's hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, fifty million for Guildford. Um, HDC on Instagram. He said, "What are your thoughts on Pedro Gonzalez and how he's done since he left Wolves? I mean, he has been on fire this season for Sporting. Uh, the last time I checked, they were top of the Portuguese Premier League as well. So I'd assume they're still doing pretty well. But yeah, he scored more goals and games, hasn't he? Yeah, he's. I think he's playing quite attacking. Yeah, they're still top of the Portuguese league at the moment, um, and he, as far as I am aware, is doing extremely well for them. So if that's one that's got a wife in." Yeah, when I see him in the team of the week this week on FIFA, I'm like, oh, that could be us. It's called um, number two this weekend, my word. But yeah, nine goals in seven games in the league this season. Obviously, he's in a in a league that it's going to be a lot easier, but how we couldn't see that there were... I mean, I, I think he played an FA Cup game, didn't he? And I wasn't particularly Cup, like, yeah. wow, but he, he held his own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always going to be ones like that, isn't there? I remember... I sent it to you guys, didn't I? I was having a, it was a, it was a lonely night having a stalk down um, Nuno, <laughs> Nuno's oh, daughter's Instagram. Uh, oh God! <laughs> Sorry, what were we talking about? Nuno's daughter's uh, Instagram. Nuno's yeah. And don't ask, don't ask. Just let me get to the point. I don't remember um, this. But, <laughs> oh, no, I sent it in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She was with him. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah in yeah. the ocean with uh, with Pedro Goncalves. <laughs> I thought, is it a Moise Zahar situation that we've let him go and he's actually really good? But, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's it that's the only thing I can think because if he's got that talent what what have we done it's crazy I don't, uh, you say it's a poor league well, I actually think he's a decent league mate. so he must be he must be a good player but wasn't he like really homesick I don't know that I would make know. sense as well we're going to have players that go though like I think you tweeted yesterday didn't you Dave the lad who played for Bayern Munich started yep. was on trial yeah. on walls like, the, it, it is going to happen somehow are going to slip the net but to see him Play so well and get so many goals from midfield, which is which is something that we're crying out for. I think that's why we're, yeah. like, we're probably a little bit bitter about it. Uh, don't think he'll be long. I assume he'll be in that next Portugal squad as well if he carries on his current form. But yeah, nine goals and one assist in seven games. Do we What's have any that? ownership? No. Still, do we sell it all? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know that. It was reported in Portugal that we've still got some sort of ownership or shares in him. But I don't know how it all works, to be honest. We probably still owed a, a good amount of money on him. Because I can't see why we'd have left. Well, he's left for Milisau since, because he's gone to Sporting yeah. now. So, ah, so, yeah. so I don't know how it will still work. But it will probably end up being like a Pogba United situation where we end up buying him back a ridiculous amount more than what we obviously got rid of him on I think a free. Sporting pay like eight million for him as well. Yeah, about yeah, about six million. Okay. No, we let him go for free. Oh, that's gonna. That, I think because it, it stings so much. Like I said, he's scoring loads of goals in midfield, mm. which yeah. is what what we need. But he's a different league. But he's still a good league, though. So he must be a decent player. Yeah. Um, Matt Malmberg has asked, who should we keep as our left back next year? Marcel, Eight Nori, or Johnny, or all three? I mean, come on. Can't play three left backs. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, like like Finn said earlier, I think based on the current back four, I think Marcel's a safe option, possibly against the bigger teams. When you want mm. license to attack, I think Aitnor is your option. But obviously, again, it's, it depends when Johnny's back and what sort of player we're going to get back. I think. And can he can play the other side as well, can't he? Yeah, 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 exactly. If you get the Johnny of old, then I'd love to see him in the back four. I'd love oh, to see him in about four. He'd be great because defensively he's so I've solid. I've always said that, yeah. And he, and he, and in, he grew a lot attacking-wise over the last yeah, year. Yeah, so very think, underrated yeah. offensively. I think it has to be him. Marcel is, for me, a bit of a stuck gap. Like, mm. he's 6, 7 out of 10, safe, does everything right, but won't pull any trees up. Where I think Ait Nuri is the opposite. He might come up with something special, but defensively... He's a bit all over the place, whereas Johnny is a good mix of the two. I think I feel like we still do really miss him, and he adds a lot of balance to the side. So I really, yeah. I think when he comes back, we'll see that back four evolve even more. But then, who's the weak link? Then is it Cody? Is it Samedo? Because I really like Samedo, but defensively he's a bit all over the place. Mm. And you got Hoover as well. I completely forgot about him. He- Keanu, yeah, yeah. I think he'd be, I think he's in the one that'd be a good right back as well. Yeah, um, I think they see more of a centre half in the future. I don't know. Mm. 
Don't know. They're playing him out. Uh, they played him a lot as right wing back for the twenty three. So I'm not sure sort of where they see him at the moment. But will the um, under twenty threes move back move to a back four? They're still, still going to keep playing a back five. And they they're playing a back five at the moment. But yeah, probably from that. I'd assume they'll probably play it for the rest of the season. Mm. But I think the twenty threes we raided in January. Um, so yeah. a lot of those will be out on loan as well. Um, so uh, Trevor Trevor Lawrence has messaged. Uh, he's got two questions actually. One is, do you think Morgan Gibbs White could be Nuno's plans for the future? I'd never thought about that, but in that number ten, if we carry yeah, on with that, I think so as well. I think in this current formation, I think he's got a shout of getting back in the the system. Mm, I think we always said that he looked better in a three, and especially mm. with that 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 point being further up the pitch. Of, it's a bit shit that he's been. He's got an injury at Swansea because by all accounts he was playing well. I think I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I, I do know that he's not going to be the player that's out wide where he's played before. I don't think that's his best position. But I, I, I don't know. It's you can never tell with Morgan, can you? Because some games you think like well, this kid's actually got something about him, and then other games you think I don't really see it. So I think it depends how he ends his season with Swansea. If he if he does really well towards the tail end of the season, gets a few goals, assists, maybe helps one to get into the playoffs or promoted, then I can see it happening. But I think it all depends on how they progress as well. Mm, yeah. Um, and he's also asked, what's our best Molyneux memories? Because he's from South Africa. He's not never visited Molyneux before and he can't wait to uh, visit for the first time. Um I mean, the atmosphere, if you can get, if you could pick the right game, I think in terms of atmosphere, Molyneux, Probably that United game in the FA Cup was electric mm. a couple of years ago. That was ridiculous. A couple of the Europa League games as well, fantastic. That Espanol game was good. So I think mm. it's just. I think you just got to sort of fall lucky with which game you get get to really. That Man City yeah. game as well. That's probably season. that's probably mine. I think apart from obviously playing at Molyneux, you three was up there. That <laughs> was obviously it. that was that was really good, but. In actual Wolves playing, I think Man City. Like it was a game. It was close to Christmas, weren't it? Seen a year ago, um, yeah. and like I'd been into town all day. I was pretty drunk, and to see that, and like, I was just really emotional afterwards. I think I cried at full time because I mean it didn't help that I was intoxicated. But it just like we'd just beaten the Premier League champions. We'd come from two goals down to beat them. It was like it, it felt like something special was ha- was happening or had happened. So that's probably mine. Mm. Um, Benny Joseph he's asked me quite a few questions about transfers uh, will we sign a striker there's a, there's a few of these will we sign a striker on loan to act as cover for Jimenez and do you think that we'll sign a winger to replace Jota and sign a goal scoring midfielder in the window I think uh, I think the chance of signing three all three is very unlikely a lone striker I think is probably the most likely out of those three um, I don't think Wolves would sign a winger this window at least because I don't think there's any need to at the moment. Um, goal scoring midfielder. You guys think there's going to be a premium as well on these players, especially a goal yeah, scoring midfielder, and especially in January as well. So mm. I think the obvious one, if if, if Wolves don't mind spending it, uh, that little bit, is Don, Dominic uh, Schoberschlei. From yeah, Salzburg. Salzburg. Oh, he's, he's not going oh. to Wolves. He's going. Yeah. He's going to the top. Him. Yeah. So what that, that's the one I'd go for. But yeah, Nuno like probably, so probably turn him down anyway, like he did with Olmo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think now. I think there's probably players now how Wolves play that Nuno probably regret saying no to because I think players like Olmo would have been very very decent in the system that we've got now. So mm. um, that's my um, FIFA ultimate. T- uh, Career mode, even. I've got Jimenez up front, Adama and St. Maximin on the wings, and Sabaz lying behind, mate. Oh, that's a dream. Why is Neto going to get in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count if it's against a competition. To be fair, Olmo plays out wide as well quite a lot, so perhaps yeah. he wasn't the perfect fit. And and finally, Johnny uh, said, uh, What do you think Wolves' chances are to win the FA Cup? 20 to 1 we are officially but um, yeah I had a lot the other night we what, how did we do last season or was United last season wasn't it? we've got Palace yeah, in the cup. dead rubber yeah it's definitely a winnable first round tie and I think you know there's still some a lot of lower league teams still in it at the moment so you know well within a shout I think to get quite far again but 
Mm-mm. And I think that with teams out of sorts, I don't, I don't think it's it's not unthinkable. It's not unthinkable. And I think Wolves would do, would like that with us not being in sort of any other competition. I think I think Nuno showed the intent in the Carabao Cup. Obviously, didn't quite go to plan, but we did start a strong team against Stoke. Um, yeah. That third round is very that toy is very vanilla though, isn't it? Like. Yeah, it's yeah, probably one of, those. one of the teams. You, do, you don't want like a middle-of-the-road Premier League side, do you, in the first round? No. Is it? Like, no. Players probably aren't going to be motivated. The fans aren't, and it's just a bit... Like, you know that'll probably be the first game right. back at the grounds as well? Yeah. Absolute <laughs> nil-nil ball fest. Yeah, Jordan, are you last minute? Yeah. <laughs> Nine at the back. Nuno. <laughs> Nuno disaster class. Um, it's only one or two games, isn't it? If you get through, and then it's all of a sudden, hang on, we could do it. So I thought, but... 15, well, 10 got, to 1 I'd, it would be more got fair. a puncher's chance when you've got the squad that we've got yeah, and if, if, if players start to be a bit more consistent and real come into some real form and, so, and, and sign one or two more always got a chance if Arsenal can win it when I did a, an Arsenal preview that um, they asked they asked asked the chat uh, for score predictions and someone said um 2-0 on Sunday. No, 2-0 uh, to Wolves in the Premier League. If we played them in the FA Cup, it'd be Arsenal 2-0. Because that's all they do with <laughs> the FA Cup games. So, <laughs> um, But guys, it's been a, another it's been a pleasure, another great podcast again. Um, guys, appreciate your support as always. If you are watching or listening on YouTube, be sure to hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you're listening on your podcast apps, be sure to leave us a review if you are able to do so as well. And... If if we we showed up on your Spotify wrapped for 2020, screenshot it and send us a, a tweet on Twitter, and we'll be sure to share that as well. Um, Matt, where can people find you on socials if they wish to? Um, on Twitter and Instagram, M Cooper writes uh, writes as in written. We've also got a competition running on the website at the minute. Um, uh, Dave will probably link it in the description anyway, but. Yeah, it's a competition. You can win a couple of the Nuno Santa Christmas cards that have, that have like been so popular. Uh, sticker pack and a Wolf 4.0 t-shirt. All you've got to do is sign up. and yeah, I think there's like a week left running on that. So make sure you, you get involved because it could be that you don't have to buy someone a Christmas present if you win that. <laughs> and uh, Finn, where can people find you? Just Finn is how you wouldn't spell it. F-I-N-E-R-R-Z on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Not yet TikTok. If I get bored enough, we'll see. Maybe. Christmas TikTok. <laughs> um, and you can find me at Dave as a party. Uh, obviously, links it for each of us in the description down below. But, guys, look after yourselves. As I said, we'll probably be back in a couple of weeks' time after the next three Wolves fixtures. And fingers crossed we can see Wolves grab some more points and shoot their way up the Premier League table once again. But until next time, guys, we'll see you all very, very soon.